fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into The Voice of Reason. It is a uh, Tuesday. I'm going to confuse that the entire day today. Just to forewarn you, I will confuse that all day long because I still think it's Monday. But I've been gone for not quite a week. I left on Thursday last week, so we've had a couple of days of vacation. By the way, hat tip to Mark Walters, uh, host of nationally syndicated Armed American Radio, filling in for the show on Thursday. We appreciate him. Awesome dude, and what a heck of a show lining up perfectly for the speech that I probably should not have missed on the air. I almost, from my campsite in Arkansas, wanted to jump on the radio to talk about that speech on Friday because it was that ridiculous. We'll get into some of that in the program today. Welcome into it. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station, multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, and podcasting, however you watch or listen we appreciate you, love you to death. Hopefully you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend and we feel refreshed and ready to go for a whole nother stint. Going into the trifecta of the holidays next uh, next month for Halloween. Yeah, we're throwing it out there. Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas right around the corner. We'll get to all that here in a bit. We have a lot to talk about on the show today. Obviously from the speech from Joe Biden from last week that I did not get a chance to comment on, so we will do that. We have some more news out of Washington, D.C. as well. And just... Howdy, and welcome in. Excited because right in studio with us, I don't want to waste any time, but he's here for the whole hour, which is the best way to kick off the show right out of the gate here after the holiday with our latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today. And my very own congressman from right here in the 4th Congressional District of the state of Kansas. Excited to have in studio with us here, Congressman Ron Estes. Congressman, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks, Andy. How are you doing? It is good to talk with you. Good to see you. It has been a wild couple of weeks for sure. Uh, in Washington, D.C. So it's good to see you back in uh, Kansas here. And uh, boy, I mean, we got to start off with the speech from from Thursday last week. I've never seen such a great set before for Joe Biden. And uh, he seemed to really enjoy that one, I think. Yeah, it's, it was really weird. I don't know what the, the logic, I mean, it seems like some people aren't thinking through the right things. And I mean, uh, <laughs> not it, the best PR when, there. When I, when I looked at it, my first reaction was, I mean, it, it's reminiscent of, of a Hitler speech or a Stalin mm. speech and uh, just the backdrop they had and, and the whole uh, demonstration he had about how demanding and arrogant and, and antagonistic he was. I've never seen a speech so. Um, advocating for violence against a political opposition. Okay, great. You don't like MAGA. We get it. He tried to talk about moderate Republicans. The moderate Republicans aren't favorable in the Republican Party right now, which is why Liz Cheney lost by a massive amount in her state in Wyoming right now, because people want a conservative, people want outsiders, and people want government to start representing them again. And apparently... By supporting that mindset, we're uh, what he almost literally called in that speech domestic terrorists in this country. Yeah, which is which is sad coming from a president that's supposed to represent everybody in America and and reflective of of the American ideals that you know you can have differences of opinion and be able to have those uh, an open political debate about it and and not uh, get pillarized because of that and not get uh, demonized through that process. And so it, it's really a sad state that uh, I. Mean, 
literally he's coming across as a dictator and that's what he oh. uh, wants wants to demand and and you know reminiscent of the old Soviet Union uh, or or the Chinese Communist Party today in terms of dictating what people can can say and act and think and what they can do they've tried the govern the misinformation or disinformation governance board which is completely unconstitutional they're trying to do student loan bailouts which we'll talk about here in just a little bit as well they've spent massive amounts of money being the former state treasurer here in Kansas and focusing on the ways and means committee in Washington DC as well you see all the money that's going through government right now we have a lot of legislation that's been held up in court because for example when they reverse Roe v Wade and when they put a kibosh on some of the regulations from the Environmental Protection Agency they've crossed the line a little bit too much on government control and then he's up there during a speech talking about the uh, talking about our democracy and talking about constitutional values i don't know how the two jive together yeah i saw saw a headline for a story today about uh, biden's fourth reich and uh, <laughs> reminiscent of the speech and reminiscent of the the dictatorial approach i mean that's really you can't really call yeah. it anything but that and and you know it goes back to you you a lot of times in politics, particularly, but elsewhere as well. But particularly in politics, you 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 create a demon mm-hmm. that you can then rally around and attack. And and unfortunately, you see uh, that being used in bad bad precedences and bad approach. And this is this seems to be one of those that uh, you you create somebody and call them such a horrible horrible descriptions of them uh, that uh, you end up rallying rallying your forces to go attack and criticize and just like they you know calling for attacking uh, people during when, when President Trump was in office, yeah. uh, attacking cabinet members and attacking others that were in, that were in office and not letting them even have a dinner with their family. Yeah, running them restaurants and all this yeah. garbage. Do you think it's going to do anything for the election? I, my opinion is he did that speech because he's scared because Republicans are doing so well in the midterms going into the election in November. They have to do something. And obviously it's going to rally some people to potentially be violent, unfortunately. But on the other hand, the moderate Democrats don't want to get into that squabbling because they don't care. And the other side of the aisle just strengthened their opposition against Joe Biden because of such a scary dictatorial type of speech that he gave. I don't know if it's going to do him any good, but when you back a rabid dog into a corner, they're going to lash out. And I think that's what we saw on Thursday. Yeah, and that and that's the sad part is that uh, their policies aren't working. Their policies aren't what Americans thought that they were voting for people that decided they they wanted to go a different direction and and voted for Joe Biden maybe they held their nose uh, in that process but what we're seeing now is this is the policies that Biden administration is going to encourage and support and bring forth and that's not at all what the american people want they don't want no. inflation running at 8.5% they don't want <laughs> gas prices that have doubled in in a, a year and a half and you know the the problem is that they they don't they don't want to give up the power and right. so they're they're criticizing and attacking somebody else, lashing out really to to try to hold on to their power. They've done that forever, though, and I got to give Democrats credit because they stick to their guns, even if it's an unpopular agenda. They don't back away from it. They ram it through. They dip in the polls, maybe lose an election, and then we get used to it. We get accustomed to it. And then when they gain power again, they have a new starting block that's so much further with their agenda. They never back away from it, even if it's extremely unpopular, uh, which. Again, I give them credit because they're determined. I wish Republicans had a backbone like that as well. But when can we start chipping away at some of this stuff? Yeah, and part of that goes back to our our American process of government. Uh, 
yeah. is that you know our founding fathers didn't want dictators, so they they created a system that was difficult to pass legislation, and that that's what it was supposed to be. We were supposed to have limited government. We were supposed to have it difficult for uh, the House that represented the people and a Senate that represented the states to vote together on legislation and the executive branch to uh, to then pass the uh, sign off on the bill and then and then implement sure. uh, those limited pieces. And what we've done over time is put in more laws that happen automatically, more and more things that are in place now. And as a result, our process can't fix them. It yeah. can't take them down. It can't, it can't say, well, this might have made sense 20 years ago before the Internet was out being used on a wide scale. But sure. it doesn't make sense now. And, and the, the system of government was, was not designed to be able to fix that. And then if you if you add on top of that that the the senators no longer represent the states. I mean that that change that was made you know a little over a hundred years ago now uh, is truly reflective of a big federal government because now the the senators campaign to the same constituencies and and <laughs> and groups and organizations uh, and at the end of the day the the states have kind of lost some of that representation in Washington D.C. and so we see a big federal government that gets booming and uh, put out on us. And, and we need to have a process. I mean, I, I'd be an advocate for a couple of things. I'd be an advocate that, that we go back to the senators have uh, a selection by the, by the States, yeah. uh, the way it was founded the in the constitution, that it was supposed to be representative of the States. And uh, I, I'd look at let's sunset every piece of legislation all the time and make mm. us vote on each bill, each year, each policy, each program, and we can still bundle together, you know, things that are that are pulled together under the the Health and Human Services or under the Veterans Affair and, and vote for that. But uh, it would force us to make those decisions of we vote to raise taxes in order to keep these programs, yep. or be more smart and and say, okay, well, we're going to cut these programs here, here, and here so that we don't increase the tax burden on the citizens. Yeah, well, have a say again. I mean, you're in the House of Representatives. You're supposed to have the power of the purse. You're supposed to dictate a lot of this stuff. Is there a way to start bringing that power back to the House and away from these federal agencies? I mean, that Supreme Court decision in June really told the Environmental Protection Agency, no, you're not allowed to consume a sixth of the economy by just spending massive amount for regulations for environmental purposes. Government and Congress specifically in the House needs to approve these things when it comes to budgetary issues. You cannot just run away with these fourth branch bureaucratic agencies to just dictate everything. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the EPA decision first, and then and then talk about spending. Is you know the the Supreme Court ruling on the EPA what uh, versus West Virginia uh, is going to have long lasting ramifications yeah. because uh, a a ruling several actually a couple decades ago now. Um, in a case that was called the Chevron case, um, the Supreme Court had said, well, you give deference to the executive branch agency that wrote the rules because they're the experts and they should know better of what to do. And this EPA ruling that was passed this year by the Supreme Court came back and said, no, you have to give deference to the legislative branch, to what they wrote, what they intended, 
because that's where the power is supposed to lie right. with the legislative branch. And and so that's going to have huge ramifications, not just for the Environmental Protection Agency, but every agency in the federal government that yeah. uh, has to go back to the standard of what did Congress intend uh, <laughs> for this piece of legislation, for this program, for this agency and what they do. And, and uh, it's going to take a long time to unwind some of those things because uh, the executive branch has grown so big, yep. um, and and partly it's the legislative branch's fault. Is they sure. they delegated so many things. Uh, you know, typically when a bill gets written, it instead of saying this is what you do, this is the steps, these are the criteria, the parameter you have, it, it's written up or it says, well, the secretary of this agency shall write rules regarding the promulgation of this bill, mm-hmm. and so you end up having the the power residing with the the secretaries and the agencies. And and not with Congress the way it was intended. And yeah. you know the the thing that I think about a lot is our founding fathers created three branches of government, and they were designed to have checks and balances, but they weren't three equal branches of government. Sure. The legislative branch was set up to be the most powerful. Exactly. And you know you can't spend a dollar unless the legislative branch starts that. With the House of Representatives starts that that spending program. So. We've got to get back to that. Um, I, I'd be a, an advocate, and I am an advocate that we we've got to get back to where we we um, we spend and authorize spending each year. Right now, seventy percent, roughly seventy percent of the spending happens, and I don't get to vote on it. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Just that mandatory spending. Uh, it's set up. You know, it's defined with the Social Security or uh, Medicare, which are which are people pay into, but they're not paying enough into. Exactly. And so the costs are su- are too high. It's the Medicaid program. It's the food stamps program. It's yep. it's all the the social programs. Sometimes they're called entitlements, but that's that's not really the right word. Exactly. Uh, it, it's mandatory spending uh, yeah. that that's set up. And and hold, it's hold only- that thought. We got to take a hard break here, real quick. Let's hold that thought. But it leads directly into the, this, this next social program that is the student loan bailout that they just talked about last week. So we'll do that when we come back as well. It's a Tuesday. It's the Voice Reads. Lots more to get to. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. We're back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We love you to death and appreciate you very much. Starting off a September, which, by the way, quick programming note for you. Newsletter has not come out yet, so if you still want to sign up for the newsletter, become a Hoosier-holic. You can do so at HoosierReason.com. Again, H O O. S-E-R Reason.com. Sign up, become a newsletter. Who's your holic? And you'll get that newsletter here probably at the end of this week or early next week. Right now, in studio, we're hanging out with Congressman Ron Estes, 4th District here in the state of Kansas, my congressman here on the home front and on the Ways and Means Committee. So we talk about a lot of the budget stuff, former state treasurer as well here for the state of Kansas. Let's kind of wrap up this conversation for a second because it segues perfect into the student loan thing. But you guys, again, as the House of Representatives, you're supposed to have specifically the power of the purse. You guys deal with the budget. You guys deal with the spending. It's supposed to come through you. And over the years, we have lost that trend because now the executive branch says, hey, um, Department of Education, Department of this, Department of that, figure out a bill and then bring it over to me and sign it. Or we'll throw it in a big omnibus bill where you guys don't have a whole lot of say. And then we revert to what Nancy Pelosi says. We have to pass it to see what's in it. It's crazy. Yeah, it, re- it really is. And even in the big omnibus bills that are spending, uh, that's that's only 30% of the budget. 30%. I mean, that's only 30%. I mean, the, the 70% of what the federal government spends every year, I don't get to vote on every year. And, and that's the Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, Security, food stamps, all the entitlement programs, temporary assistance for needy pro, uh, families. It's it's these programs that you automatically qualify based on the way the law is set up. Right. And uh, it, it's it's one of those things that I we've we've got to change that we've we've got to we've got to get our checks and balances on our budget put in place the way the way our government is supposed to be set up and and operating and. And we've got to get back to where the legislative branch actually legislates right. and and run bills through the committee, follow regular order instead of cramming some, as you called it, omnibus, which is frequently used term, <laughs> uh, where they shove a bunch of stuff into a bill, hopefully that uh, they've they've put in a few things in there that's going to get enough people to vote for it. And uh, that's where you get a lot of crap that comes through the, the process as well. Yeah, well, that is very true. It's, it's frustrating yeah. because then even then, most of that on that mandatory spending category that you don't touch when you do try to touch it and say, you know what, we don't even want to cut it. We just want to slow the growth. It shouldn't be growing at 5% this year. Let's grow it at one and a half to two percent this year to save some money then they scream and say you're cutting it by four percent want people to die in the streets yep that's right i mean the the democrats argue that from a political standpoint and the the sad part about the mainstream media is they won't talk about the truth i mean they're they're basically promoting the democrat talking points around that and so so you don't get the truth out of the mainstream media and that's that's a sad part when we talk about freedom of the press and and that is constitutionally guaranteed and and they're abusing that constitutional right that they have and and need 
to promote uh, the facts that are out there and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, tell the truth and and uh, see what the results are. Yeah, amen to that. We got just about a minute here before we have to take our hard break here, but it is a segue into the student loan forgiveness program, which we can talk about the legality of it after the break and whether it's going to happen or not. But from your estimates from what you've heard, how much could this potentially cost the nation? It, it could cost almost a trillion dollars in terms of, of the estimates that are out there. And yes, they sugarcoat it. They say, oh, it's, a, it's $300 billion and and it's for low-income folks. It's not. <laughs> it's for wealthy people that have a the, the ear of the Biden administration, or in a lot of cases are members of the White House staff uh, that have gone to these private institutions and incurred the debt, and now they're going to expect other people to pay for it. Just to pay for it. Well, it sounds like it could be just that testing waters for the step up. He did $10,000, $20,000 with the Pell Grants and the other stuff. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, she wanted $50,000. AOC just wants it wiped off across the board. So it's maybe the testing waters to see what they're going to do down the road. When we come back, we'll talk about that. What does it entail? Who does qualify? Is this even legal and constitutional? Can we do it? Plus, we'll talk about so many other things. We have immigration. We have the taxes. We have election season. We'll cram it all into this program. Why? Because that's what we do. It's the voice of reason. It's a Tuesday. It's a post-Labor Day celebration. Stay right here. The voice of reason. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason, common sense, rationale, that's what we do on the show. At least we try. We tell ourselves that day. Some of the comments from the other side may like differ, but that's all right. You can email me, network at gmail.com, and let me know your thoughts on everything we talk about here on the show. We're hanging out today with Congressman Ron Estes, 4th District from here in Kansas, my home district and my home state on our flagship radio station in Wichita. As we talk about the budget being on the Ways and Means Committee, but let's talk about this student loan forgiveness program. $10,000 wiped off, which I've told the story many times on the air. I was telling you off the air a little bit. I'm, I've am i gone down from 90 to about 45 or 50 over the last few years. I'm doing the whole Dave Ramsey, paying things off, you know, freeing up the budget thing. But I still have ways to go. I made the choice to do private loans because I was like, to hell with the government. So I figured that uh, private loans were the best way. And now... Whether I would qualify or not doesn't really matter. I can't qualify because I'm paying all those down. But guess what? That is my responsibility. I'm paying on my student loans. I'm paying them off. And I will take care of it because someone who doesn't have student loans or paid off theirs does not need to subsidize my student loan payment and my stupid decisions. Yeah. This is really a a terrible policy. I mean, 
first of all, I don't think the but President Biden has the, the authority, the legal authority to do that. I mean, that's not something that we haven't passed a law in Congress that said he can he can wipe off debt and and take it from uh, the folks that incurred it and dump it on everybody else across the country. But second of all, it's it, it goes back to what you just said is what's the responsibility? All these individuals who chose to borrow money in order to get something they wanted, which mm-hmm. was the college degree or the the time in college, the classwork that they took, uh, and now are saying, oh, well, it's it's too burdensome for us. Uh, we, we don't want to pay it back, so let's make somebody else pay it back for us. And in the meantime, it, it doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't at all address the high cost of college. And uh, this is it's just a horrible policy. I mean, you, you look at it, they, they couch it in good good positive sounding vibes you know that oh it's only it's only 300 billion dollars well in reality the estimates are it's almost a trillion dollars mm. by the time they add up everybody that's going to qualify if they could um, uh, qualify for that they they say it's well it's helping low-income folks well no they don't they don't tell you that it's helping white house staff members in the biden administration who hundreds are the number I've seen is uh, between two and three hundred uh, that would get a benefit uh, from from that wow. in the White House itself, not in the White House, not itself, else, yeah. other agencies. The other piece is that you know they say it's for helping low income folks. Well, no, the top ten percent of the wage earners get more money back than the bottom thirty percent of the wage earners, and the top sixty percent of the wage earners get over half of the money back of uh, right. this program. So it really is tailored to help the rich uh, through this process. Um, and and 87% of Americans don't have a student loan, so they're not going to get advantage of it. Right. So it's really catering so, to a very select group that uh, they're trying to curry favor for. It is an election year, so that kind of makes a little sense of why, why they do this. Yeah. Trying to buy it out. Yeah, so Got the 70% it. of people that don't have student loans are either going to see higher inflation, which we're already battling 8.5% inflation right now, or we're going to see the higher taxes to try and compensate for government spending. Because you know, Congressman, I mean, that if they just wipe off that much money from the Department of Education, which is more of just a major bank as opposed to actually caring about quality yep. of education, that they're not going to lower spending by close to a trillion dollars. They're just going to find new ways to compensate for it, whether it's uh, a new tax somewhere or new types of regulations. Yeah, it really is. So it's taking the debt that individuals have occurred and dumping it on the federal government right. and which is means dumps it on other taxpayers to pay off and you know we're, we're already at a point where we have a 30 trillion dollar debt uh, mm-hmm. because of the massive spending programs over the years you add another one trillion on top of that i mean just for this one program in and of itself not to mention all the other spending programs that uh, president biden's put in place in the last year and a half uh, and President Biden and the Democrat majorities in the House and the Senate, which we've got to change that this fall I mean, because mm-hmm. there's there's just such a spendthrift mindset uh, that uh, they, they, they don't know of anything that uh, a bigger government uh, is, is all they want. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they care about. So here's the question. Let's talk about legality. We just talked before about the EPA and the decision from the Supreme Court that said, no, you don't have the power to do this. You can't just use the bureaucratic fourth branch of government to do this. Is that going to fall into this category, and will it be shot down, or what do you think the outcome of this decision is going to be? Yeah, I mean, we we have rules that set up under the law uh, uh, that was set up for uh, student loans, and there's there's rules and regulations about paying that back. Uh, 10, 12 years ago, particularly after the, the 2008 Great Recession, uh, there were some, some 
income programs put in place to to allow payoffs over 10 years and then some some forgiveness at the end of that. Sure. Uh, but they're not a blanket. There's not the authority within the law to do a blanket. Uh, just just write off this debt and make somebody else pick it up and, and pay it off. So uh, it, it, it doesn't pass muster uh, through through the legal standpoint. And I, I don't know that it'll go into effect. Uh, but the problem with the courts is somebody's got to sue. Mm-hmm. And in the court's definition, it's somebody that has to have standing. And, uh, oh, by the way, it you can only do it after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after somebody's been harmed or put in place or a program started. And so that that really puts some some structure, some limits yeah. around being able to get the a positive results out of the court. Well, and like you said, once it happens with a government agency, once something passes, it's almost impossible to stop it because it's already in effect and the government's already created a system to make it happen. So to allow it to happen, to sue it, to try and stop it, to make sure it doesn't happen is almost counterproductive because it's not going to work very well. Yeah, it's just it's a defect in the way the uh, the court system, the judicial branch is set up to work. Uh, instead of uh, evaluating a proposal on the front end and saying, no, that's not that's not constitutional yeah. uh, through that. That is unfortunate. So do you think that they're going to try and put a bill into Congress to, to try and protect themselves in that way? And if so, do you think they're going to ram it through before election time? Well, the Democrat, Well, I don't know that they'll be able to ram something through. There's not much that they can pass. You know, the, the filibuster rule in the Senate uh, prohibits putting policy decisions in place. Mm-hmm. Um Unless they deal with the budget or the taxes, okay, uh, that's that's where you can use reconciliation uh, of an existing budget, sure. as long as the policy deals with with budget and, and taxes. So uh, that's one of those things that uh, um, I don't know that there'd be any legislation that could pass before the end of the year to say, oh, it's this is authorized and legal. President can can force this taxpayer burden on other taxpayers instead of uh, instead of having the loans that uh, people people chose to accept on their own sure uh, even though they they probably they were pitched as a financial aid <laughs> uh and they uh program set up to help them uh go to college and get a higher education but uh, uh it's it's they don't have the stat the standing to do that so we've we've got to uh we've we've got to follow the law i mean that's yeah. a big piece that, exactly uh, the Biden administration doesn't seem to care about. Well, it seems like it's good news then, because if they do try to put it into Congress to pass, we're into election season now, which means if we can hold off till after elections and we gain the majority in the House of Representatives, then we could stop this thing from actually going through as a legislative piece then. Well, the, the other piece, then you still have to pass legislation about that. And, yeah. um, you know, even though I think the I, I'm, I'm really convinced the Republicans are going to be in a majority in the House. Now, we, we haven't won anything yet. We've got to work between now and November 8th sure. uh, to make sure we win the election. Uh, so I, re- I really believe that uh, we'll be in the majority of the House. Just because the American people, what, what I'm hearing throughout the country is the, the policies that the Democrats and the Biden administration are doing are, are so wrong. They're not what the Americans want. Yeah. And I think we'll see the same thing in the Senate, although it's, it's uh, uh, going to be nip and tuck there uh, mm-hmm. because there's, there's so few states that really have a, a, a campaign that's in, in flux and uh, something could go one way or the other. And I, I think it'll only be a one or two seat swing Difference, in, yeah. in on the Senate side, uh, which could go from a Republican to a de- uh, Democrat to Republican or, or vice versa. But even even if we can pass legislation through the House and the Senate, the the President Biden's got to sign it. And obviously he's not going to sign something that 
overturns a policy that he's been promoting and advocating for. So uh, we've got to focus on what things we can do, what things that we can authorize for funding mm-hmm. and, and address it that way. Well, like you said, you're going to have to start. We have to get the ability to flex our muscles again when it comes to budgetary issues to make it a stagnant. Like you said, we're not going to pass a whole lot if we get a majority, even in both chambers, because it's not going to be enough to do an override of a veto from the president. But we could at least make a stalemate for two years and we could start putting power back into Congress for budgetary decisions, which would completely remove any power that Biden has or what he wants to do. And 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 put restrictions on what funding we do give them that it can be used for one, two, and three, but it can't be used for five, six, and seven. Right. That's, those are the restrictions we can put in place on a, in a positive way on what money will be available and what can be spent on. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. Man, getting back to common yep. sense a little bit. That's, yeah. And then maybe we could do a 12-bill 12, 12 appropriations bill for the budget, too. Yeah, and, and get them passed through Congress, uh, <laughs> which which hasn't happened. It, it This isn't a new phenomenon. It's gone on for over 20 years now that, yeah. that Congress has not passed appropriations bills for all 12 branches of the all 12 divisions of the government mm-hmm. uh, in time on time uh, in, in over 20 years wow yeah. that is crazy we got to take a hard break here in just about another 45 seconds when we come back I want to tie that into immigration because that's another been another big one as well uh, with some of the issues down at the border but uh, as we kind of wrap this conversation up in about 30 seconds the student loan forgiveness program, politically have they set themselves up to be in a good situation where if it does fail then they can point the fingers at republicans or at the courts to try and promote trying to expand the supreme court or go after republicans well i'm sure they'll point the fingers at somebody uh because they're they they don't want to take blame they don't want to take responsibility for what we're doing and that and that's a big piece of what what we have to address when we're in the majority is uh hold the administration accountable for the poor decisions they're making across the board Dealing with student loans, dealing with the border, dealing with spending, dealing with uh, the economy. Yeah. And I think people are starting to wake up to that. People yeah. are realizing, hey, wait a second, we're still battling 9% inflation, $4 gallons of gas. I don't want this anymore. That's yeah. right. And and a debacle in Afghanistan. You know? In Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that when we come back. It's Congressman Ron Estes. One more segment to wrap up the show today for a Tuesday here on The Voice Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reasons throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason, common sense, rationale. That's what we do here on the show each and every day. Welcome back into it. Hopefully you had a great Labor Day weekend. By extended, I was off Thursday, Friday, I was off five days, technically. Technically. Still had a lot of work to do throughout the break, but it was nice that you will be away for a little bit. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. The trip from Mrs. Voice of Reason and I. Right now, we're hanging out with Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District here in Kansas, my home district, my home representative here in Kansas. We're talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. We've talked a lot about the student loan payment plan, which, you know, why not just throw things at the wall and see what sticks for the Democrat policies, right? Socialists take over. Let's buy off a new generation of voters, right? Yeah, that's, and that's literally what this is. I mean, buying off Democrat favorites, and and uh, it, it's it's a giveaway. It's, it's taking money out of taxpayers' hardworking taxpayers who who chose the career they chose, chose the approach they took, and and now they're being forced to subsidize and pay for the, the lifestyle choices that others made. Yeah, it's unfortunate. If we had more time, I wanted to talk about, so we'll have to do this again soon, I want to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't reduce inflation at all, and it's the evolution. I guess three the third time's a charm. you got to do it is the Green New Deal, and then you do it as the Build Back Better plan, and then you do it as the nice nice little Inflation Reduction Act. But um, So we'll talk about that later. Uh, regards to the budget but the other issue that's still lingering that's still there is the immigration problem I mean, we put kamala harris in charge of it as the czar of immigration she went down to central america got booted out of there they didn't care for her at the border there in mexico which she didn't even really go to and then went to vacation in california and we haven't heard a word about immigration since other than the press secretary for the white house denying that people are just randomly walking across the border yeah it, it's sad what this administration is doing i mean the the number one goal of the federal government is to defend the country and protect it from from invasion and and they're falling short and they're they're in fact they're not even trying to to stop it and you know uh, vice president harris is uh, a little over a year ago she was designated as the border czar and the situation's gotten worse since she's been in in that role and yeah. she made the jokes about uh well no she hadn't been to the southern border she hadn't been to europe either so now she's been to europe so you would think that okay she could come <laughs> back and do do the job Go that she the border, was appointed yeah. to be uh instead of vacationing in europe and it's sad that they they're doing this that that they're allowing these people to cross the border. I mean, President Trump had some really good policies put in place to address this, and what you saw were people not taking advantage of the United States 
because these policies were effective. And they were saying, no, you don't get a free pass to come into the United States just because you want to come into the United States. So people said, well, I'm not going to travel through Mexico. I'm not going to risk the the threats from the cartels, uh, the rapes and murders that go along in in that process. They're not going to pay the cartels the thousands of dollars that they have to to get across the border. And, you know, we've looked at the numbers. Cartels make... um, and, and it varies, fluctuates. Uh, the, the right now, the, the the last I heard was the, the minimum was four thousand dollars to get somebody across the border. Four grand. And wow. and if you want to be taken into downtown Houston, it costs more. And if you're a communist from China that they're trying to sneak into the country, it can cost sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars to sneak them in. Um, and so the cartels, they, they've got this money-making machine for them. They've, they've literally made billions of dollars uh, yeah. through this process, some of it in cash, some of it in slave trade, literally human trafficking, uh, you know, and some of it in placing people in the country and then making them work, mm-hmm. making them uh, be, uh, be sex slaves yeah. uh, in some cases, uh, making them be drug mules. And we're seeing now with fentanyl that's come across the border from Mexico, uh, fentanyl has become the number one cause of death for Americans 18 to 45 years old. Wow. And it's because it's coming through the Mexican border because President Biden is not putting good policies in place, not obeying the letter and the intent of the law, uh, and, and actually stop the policies that President Trump was doing that was working. I mean, yeah. building the fence um, along the border into places where it made sense right. uh, because it was wide open terrain, uh, because it was uh, alongside the city border between, you know, San Diego and Tijuana and and uh, putting the remaining Mexico policy where if somebody did have a legitimate asylum claim, yeah. uh, they could come to the United States border they could stay in Mexico while they're being processed yeah. instead of what the Biden administration is doing, bringing them across the border, saying, okay, well, you can go see the judge, but it's four years before your court date, yeah. and we'll just leash you into the country and, and do what you want to. 90% of the people don't show up for the court date. What a mess. The yeah. system's broken. The system is not working the way it was intended to, and it sounds like the cartels have boldened, emboldened and strengthened themselves here in the country. We're out of time, my friend. It's Congressman Ron Estes, 4th District of Kansas. goes by way too fast, but I love you. Keep up the fight, my friend. Let's do it again real soon. Well, thank you, Andy. I appreciate the time, and it's uh, it's been a great, great afternoon. Always a pleasure, my friend. That does it for us today. Podcast up in a bit. Back at it tomorrow for a midweek celebration. Until then, this is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.